news out of the obstacle racing scene want to stay up to date on the freshest info the latest podiums and hear interviews with the who's who and ocr well you've come to the wrong place well some of that you'll find here but we're not the media this is not orm ocm ocrm orcm this is ocr talk Hey, this is Jason Dupree. And Anna Landry. And this is OCR Talk episode number 45. This is the last one of 2019. I like that we're ending it on a nice round number, like 45. <laughs> yeah, last time, it, last year it was like 23, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, the year went well. This is really just going to be a, a quick wrap up um, recording of... Uh, intro to the roundtable that you and I had with a few other podcasters just the other day, and yep. what you may have already heard if you listen to I Am A Spartan podcast with Scott Knowles. He got it up already. We're going to post it up too, just so that uh, it's got more places to be. But we did have a couple of things quick to talk about before we let you listen to our, what, hour and a half talk that we had. Right. <laughs> Uh, if you haven't heard yet, I mean, if you listen to this, you probably have seen it, but we are now part of the OCR Report group network? of podcasters. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to call it a network. That's that other group. Conglomerate. <laughs> <laughs> Will Hicks has asked us to join for 2020, and uh, we have actually already officially moved over to a, the the Anchor not Anchor, the podcasting platform that they use. So we're no longer going to be actually on Anchor. And it's going to change some things. Like we're not going to have the same old uh, ads that we had, the my little ad no for Anchor, Anchor that we've had for forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure what that's going to really entail from here. Like we might get some legit uh, advertisements like uh, Mike and Caitlin have. So who knows? Who knows where it'll take us, but it'll definitely be interesting to see what uh, 2020 brings. But I'm I'm excited about joining their team just to have, you know, somebody else to uh, other people to collaborate with on different things. Not that we didn't collaborate with people already, but now it's like we've got a go to team of people to do so with. Definitely. It's going to be a good year. Good stuff. Before I, before we do let into the roundtable, the only other thing I wanted to bring up is the fact that Battle Race has officially, you know, announced their dates and everything and like the sign up pages, everything. So Heck yeah, we actually got codes for ten dollars off of Battle Race. And Sweet. if you've listened to us any in the past and you've heard us talk about Battle Race, but if you haven't, Battle Race is a OCR down in. Well, actually, is it even Battle Race anymore? Is it called yep. it's uh, Battle, Battle OCR? OCR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Battle OCR uh, it down in Louisiana. And he's been having these races for a few years. Didn't have one last year, but um, but you may have seen his stuff at NORAM and OCR World Championships, the adventure yeah. brands, mm-hmm. um, the, the the Dragon's Back type obstacle triumph, as they called it. So a lot of mm-hmm. things, a lot Valkyrie. of the builds. Yeah, Valkyrie. Valkyrie was one of one of his. Uh, Sid mm-hmm. Morris is the owner race director of Battle OCR. So. Um, the, the stuff that he's been doing with 
OCR Worlds has been pretty cool. So if you enjoy that, then you should really try and get down there because they have, you know, a pro heat and then they've got regular open waves all day and then they've got Warzone, which is their multi-lap option, which I mean you like to do. Yep. So $10 off for Battle Race and uh, Battle OCR. I keep saying Battle Race. <laughs> <laughs> And we are going to give away a free entry as well. So if you think, if you plan on getting down there or if you would like to go and, and you would like an entry, we need a way for them to, to enter. I think if anybody just plans on going, just hit us up, send us a message, something. Just let us know you're interested in going. And what heat you want to run. Uh, actually, the code, the code that I've got to give is good one? for any, any heat. Any heat? Yeah. yeah. So shoot us so a message with what us. heat you want to run. I don't know. And that'll be your entry. That'll work. <laughs> yeah. So if you plan on coming, tell us uh, what heat you want to run and we'll put you into the drawing. And we'll we'll do that sometime uh, shortly after New Year's. But I'll say New Year's will be the cutoff. And Yeah. And um, it's the da- the actual date of the event is March. March. 6th and 7th. Yes. 7th is the actual race. And I think they're having a team race or something Friday evening. Yeah, I think, and I think they're having um, like a like an open house the Friday before or something. Yeah, yeah, they're having a few things going on. It's at it's at like the same weekend as a festival at that that venue or something. So yeah, it's gonna gonna be be part of like a family South Louisiana family festival. So I think it's going to be like within that whole weekend. Yeah, cool. So hit us up with that. And were you planning on going? I am definitely going, and I'm taking my kids. Nice. And I'm going to run Warzone and see if I can, you know, you start can, like, dialing things in for... for for me since I won't be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hot take. I won't be there. So if any <laughs> ladies want to run Warzone and. <laughs> now is your time, ladies. Now is the time. <laughs> if I do go, it'll be super last minute and no one's going to know. <laughs> <laughs> you pull a Morgan McKay on us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I didn't really have anything else to say besides thanks, everybody, for listening all year. I wouldn't say our numbers have been crazy high or anything, but to me, that doesn't matter. Like the people that listen, you know, they, they reach out to us and they enjoy it. And if you, uh, you know, you, the listeners are still enjoying it, then we're going to keep on doing it because we enjoy it. So definitely. So awesome. Looking forward to another year. Yep, this year is going to be interesting for sure. I've got my sights set on some big goals. <laughs> yep, some cool stuff. Uh, so yeah, stuff. listen in, coming up here, the roundtable, and you'll hear about our goals and uh, all kinds of stuff between us, uh, Scott Knowles, Josh Chase, Mike Stefano, and me and you. Yep, and shout out to Mike Stefano, who did an awesome job. Um what is it hosting it? Curating. Not really hosting, curating it, <laughs> curating the conversation, controlling yeah, the, the conversation. <laughs> yeah. So, props to him. Awesome. Well, we'll get into it and uh, see you next year. Awesome. Have a happy and safe holiday, everybody, and a good new year. Yep. My name's Jason. And this is Anna. And you might be right, but you might be wrong too. All right, welcome to the end of 2019's start of 2020 Podcaster Roundtable. Uh, so Mike. do we have every OCR podcast here? Uh, no. No? But uh, I tried to pick my favorites and to keep it small enough so it doesn't get too crazy. So let's go around in order of uh, who's here with your name and what podcast you're from. 
in order of popularity. Is that what you're saying? Oh, snap. Burn. Started off right. Uh, (laughs) So I'll start. Uh, My name is Josh Chase, one half of Obstacle Discourse with Davis and Chase. And since it is after 7 p.m. Eastern time, uh, Matt B. Davis is unable to attend. So I'll be here with all the hot takes in his stay. So (laughs) you got to do the voice. Oh, yeah. Uh, Welcome back or something (laughs) of the sorts. (laughs) Okay, I forgot the order, so but I, I, I'm You're Scott Knowles from I'm a Spartan podcast, and I'm happy to be here. Am I next? Yeah, yeah, I guess we're next. Whichever. Good. So, yeah, <laughs> I usually start. You go ahead. Oh, I get to start this time. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I'm Ooh. Anna Landry <laughs> from OCR Talk. <laughs> you can't see me right now because I'm recording this at work. <laughs> Do you have some top secret information behind you that we can't see? Maybe. Medical okay. science. Fair enough. <laughs> Medical science that you wouldn't comprehend. That, that I'm Jason Dupree. Sure. I'm Jason Dupree, and I'm from OCR Talk as well. Thanks for joining me. I just made awkward <laughs> eye contact with Jason when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> Those beautiful blue eyes. That's what oh, it is. It's just intense. I was, I was going to comment on that. Jason's got a, a nice pair of eyes, man. But I have to bring up the first thing you said, but that nose ring is really big. Not his could, eyes. You notice, could you notice the eyes, and particularly the eyelashes, while I was running in a wetsuit? Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just really had a, a very fat face look. Like in, I mean this in the best way possible. Everybody looked very. No, it's swollen. true. Everybody gets so swollen after yes. by the end Uh-oh. of the race. <laughs> and I'm Michael Stefano from Obstacle Running Adventures. Caitlin would be joining us, but she's sick and she uh, is trying to spread her germs all over the house right now. So sweet to do that. <laughs> so let's get into some of the biggest uh, things with 2019. So I know a lot of people have some feelings on this. Uh, the Spartan Elite qualification changes. Mm. So, Josh, you want to start us off? Who, who all qualified? Didn't everybody qualify? Let the record show that Jason Dupree, Scott Knowles, and Josh Chase have their hands up. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot. I, everybody except for me. I snuck in there with a Long Island Sunday sprint <laughs> top five finish. <laughs> uh, I, def- I definitely poached my my EQC. Um, I mean, I I'm a big fan of it. I think. Uh, it's going to be an interesting year. I, I think 2019 was probably Spartan's most successful year. If I had to, if I had to guess at it, uh, just in terms of making a sport in the competitive side of the business, I don't know how they did bottom line wise, but that's not up to me to decide. So uh, I'm looking forward to 2020 and what what we're going to see, assuming that they can spell words properly on their medals and uh, huh. figure out a few other things. But I think um, you know we might see some smaller elite waves. Uh, but hopefully that builds a little more competition between the individuals that we'll see over and over again, and and maybe a little more competition in the age group folks for, for people that want to bump up to elite. But uh, if, if I can do it, everybody can do it. (laughs) As long as you don't run with your significant other. Right. Right. Uh, Scott, what are your feelings on it? Um, I, I guess at first I was thinking, you know, the same thing Josh said, the elite heats are going to get smaller because of this. But I honestly think, it, you know, it's going to it's going to affect both heats. But the men's heat are going to be smaller. More people are going to run age groups simply because of the fact that the age group passed, although it went up in price, the elite heat or the elite, you know, pass, it's $1,300. 
I mean, so you got that, you got the $30, you know, fee on top of that to qualify for elite, you know, a lot of people that, you know, the people that were probably like, you know, placing 15th place that were never going to get on the podium. This is probably going to be the year where they say, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to drop the age group, save money. Yep. And the women's heats, I mean, they were already looking, unless it was a series race, a lot of the women's elite heats were showing like at a no-show race where, I mean, they were having trouble getting 10 women in the heat. So, I mean, it's just going to get worse. Yep. Jason and Anna? Anna, go ahead. Yeah, I remember – well, I didn't race any Spartans this year, but I remember last year whenever I, I raced um, – <laughs> lame, you're lame. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh i think it was austin i think i ran uh in the elite heat for a sprint um and there was there was like 10 women in the elite group and we we're like yeah we all placed top 10 <laughs> you know so um definitely the women's heats could use some help and um like what you said scott with the with the prices going up in the price of the elite pass you buy the elite pass but you still have to pay for the entrance for each every race that you register for on top of what you're already paying for so yeah it i mean it, you're definitely getting rid of all those people that are like oh i'm gonna sign up for the elite heat because i want an early start <laughs> so you've already weeded out all those people right hopefully well for for some you know, some people are going to say that it's a good thing that the heats are going to be smaller. Like for the heats, they're going <laughs> uh, Scott, Scott going to terrain. Yeah. terrain race shirt here. Uh, for the, the heats to be smaller, that's a, a good thing, right? Like we want, you know, some people will say that for sure. I think I agree that the heat being smaller, it means that you earned your spot there. Like when I go to um, OCRWC or uh, NORAM, you know, a race like that where you have earned your spot, even if it's an age group, like that feels cool. It feels cool to have earned your spot. Um, so I, I think it'll be good. Like, do we, do we not want to see them be gigantic? I mean, we don't want to see them be gigantic, right? Cause then you look at the guy who's uh 50th place and it's like, Oh, well he was three hours in a, in a, in a super, but did he, is that elite? You know, so maybe we'll see just more like a f actual elite times instead of uh, what we've been seeing. But it's going to make a big, you're, you're right, it's going to make a big impact on the uh, age group. So you're going to see a lot of times in the age group because they don't want to pay or whatever other reason. And those times are going to be faster than some of the elites still. But did they earn that spot where they should be in elite? I don't know. Yeah, it's a tricky thing, but I think they are moving in the right direction. I think at the very least, hopefully there's less slow men that the elite women have to pass uh, because I think that is kind of bullshit how like, you know, you have Lindsay and, and all these amazing women that are just, you know, having to pass all these guys that don't belong there in the first place. Um, and I think also it's better for the sport. I don't remember who said this. It might have been, been you, Josh, one time where like you have some nobody leading for the beginning of like Tahoe. Like, who is that? We don't know. And then, like, the rest of the race, it's actual athletes. But, like, it makes it look more professional that there is a pro heat now. Um, so I am all for the change. But it should be interesting to see how it plays out in 2020. Um, staying on the topic of Spartan, how do we feel about the Trill series? Because that was new uh, for this year. I feel 
I feel like they're squeezing the trail in to just get like another thing out there. And, and so I was at, was at three races, I think where there was a trail race this year, like Palmerton and, and Palmerton was like the first East coast trail race that they had. So it, it obviously was huge, but it really was just everybody that already run the super or the sprint earlier in the day. So to me, I think, all right, the original intention is get trail runners, you know, popular trail runners to come out and uh, maybe move them into obstacle horse racing. But, you know, we saw at the trail championship this past weekend, you get Eric Gray, who's a world renowned trade run, trail runner. So if you follow trail running at all, you probably know him. I guarantee 90, 95% of Spartan racers have no idea who this guy is. Um, I didn't. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't, is it going to continue to be a thing? Sure. But I think it's just like, it's kind of like where Wolf's, where Tough Mudder was three or four years ago, where they're like, hey, we got a 5K, hey, we got a half, hey, we got a full, hey, we got a competitive wave. Like, here's 38 things. Um, pay for all of them, right? And, and we don't really know where the hell it's going. So, But they say 2020 is going to be a big year for trails, so who knows? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a cool idea, but, I mean, if it's taken away from, you know, what they're trying to do with obstacle course racing – you know, maybe it's not a good idea. Kind of like same way with Tough Mudder in 2018, tried to do all this new stuff in one year, you know, and come back on them at the end. But, I mean, from what I understand, the trail series has been pretty good for them. So, and I see a lot of people doing it. A lot of people that would run sec on the Sunday races are choosing to run the trail race instead of the Sunday sprint. So, hmm. um, yeah, the trail races could be a good addition to their repertoire, I guess. I don't know. I would do a Spartan race on a Saturday and do a trail on a Sunday if I didn't want to do, like, another shorter, light version of their obstacle course on, on a Sunday, you know? That would be kind of cool, especially if I was, like, training for something bigger later on in the year or something. But um, it's definitely exposed a lot more people, though, to obstacle racing, um, and just that world, I think. So it's been good exposure for them. I just, and then with them acquiring this mountain bike thing, like, are they heading towards like the world of adventure racing even beyond that? Like, mm. who knows? Yeah, I, I agree. I think if they're trying to do some just big corporation full of all these different types of races, then they're headed in the right direction. So maybe, I mean, and you also, you know, as a business, you got to try something to grow. And since they're standardizing their races, how far can they grow in the Spartan race? You know, the OCR race itself, the OCR race, the OCR itself, because it's getting standardized. It's going to be a single thing. You, I mean, they've saturated market. They got the most races out there. So maybe the uh, trail race is just another way to expand. So if that if that's the case, then if they're trying it and it's working, it's bringing in the money that they're hoping for, then then why not? But uh, the people that go out to do trail races, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't know the trail race uh, clientele or environment enough to say like, are people tired of the trail races that they're doing right now and they're looking for something different? Has anybody here run a trail race this year? Yeah, no. I no, do trail, trail races here and there. No, but like trail race or Spartan oh, trail race? No. <laughs> no. My my biggest thing, so being the only one that's run one, my biggest thing is, it just seems like all they're doing is relapping the trail race like course onto a Spartan course. And for me, 
when I think trail race, I think actual running, I think not necessarily mountain climbing, like you'll have elevation in a trail race, but it'll be mostly running. And I think it's difficult to take that out of a Spartan course and do it as like a separate entity. So to me, it's like, all right, well, I'm, I'm on the Spartan course. I'm just bypassing the obstacles and it's, they're calling it a trail race. So I, I don't think it's there yet. Like if they, if they do a trail race on the same weekend with as a Spartan race, I'd want to see it on new terrain and new areas of the course that we, we haven't run already. That's well, they I'm do saying. take you off the course somewhat, yeah. right? Look at the maps, they do take you off the course and think about what a, what a trail race is, you know, compared to other trail races, you, you are on trails typically. And from what we hear, there's a lot of fire roads and, you know, other standard uh, paths that Spartan takes. Now, does Spartan take more fire roads than other obstacle courses? I don't know. That's uh, maybe sometimes, sometimes they do depending on where they're at. Yeah. So is it a, is it a trail race? Is it comparable to other trail races? Um, you've run one, Josh, so I guess you're the only one to say for sure. If, if Matt was here, he well, could say. I've have heard that the people that, you know, it's not your normal trail race. You know, most trail races you go and do, it's a pretty cut trail. It's a popular trail that's been, you know, run and pushed down where as these Spartan trail uh, races, they're more of a bushwhack trail. So in that sense, really? it is a, a more adventurous, different hmm. kind of trail race than hmm. normal, you know, trail races that are out there, I would think. Yeah, the one we did in Jersey was kind of a mix. It was it was the the bushwhacking off road, you know, mountain climbing Spartan race path you're used to, and then uh, a bit of fire road and stuff like that. So it was it was a bit of a mix. I also hear that a common complaint by people is the price difference. Uh, I've run a lot of trail races and they're pretty cheap. Uh, how much is a, a Spartan trail? Do you know, Josh, offhand? Uh, I want to say they start around like sixty bucks or so. Just I'm shooting from the hip on that. I don't know off the top of my head, but. Um, you know, definitely more expensive than a local trail race that you'll find like a local trail 10 K. I mean, the, uh, three day trail event that Molly runs, you, you can do up to like a hundred miler is like 40 bucks. So they're definitely on the higher spectrum of pricing in terms of, uh, compared to what else is out there, but you're getting obviously a lot more. Most trail races don't have medals, don't have headbands, don't have bag check, all that stuff. So I, I, I sort of get that. Yeah, I actually feel like that is pretty comparable to the ones I've run. Like when when I think about a, a 10K, it's about that price. But then whenever I do look at like a 30 or 50 miler, those are you know over a hundred dollars easily. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to well, say the, the, here. Well, the hundred. Sorry, Scott. Go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. So down here in South Georgia, I mean, like there's a half marathon race that I do every year, and it's sixty five dollars. So, I mean, I don't know if it's just different locations or maybe there's just more trail races up north but a lot of the trail races down here i mean unless it's like a 5k or something most of them down here are about 50 dollars and up i mean new england's a pretty jam-packed area so maybe yeah yeah, yeah we got races. we got a lot of stuff up here <laughs> well the trail races around here are relatively cheap even the ones in louisiana i've got a couple um race directors in louisiana that hold trail races the hundred miler that I'm thinking about doing in a couple years is like, I don't know, maybe $120, but like wow. the, the atmosphere, I mean, the atmosphere is like second to none, just like the service that you get and the interaction with the race director and the interaction with the aid station, like they're, they've, they've grown it into where like they have, um, the competitions between aid stations, like who can make like 
the coolest, funnest aid station. <laughs> so, so it's become like sort of like that, where you have like these small trail communities in these in these states or in these towns, you know, that kind of get together and put together their own little trail races. And to me, that to me personally, that would be more enjoyable than like going to like a big corporation like Spartan and going and doing a trail race. Well, how how are the? I mean, does Spartan have aid stations? Because that's a pretty big part of road running and trail racing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, I guess it de- would depend they have on water the stations. Right? Yeah, that's about it. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> so, like the water stations that you would see at a race, right? Exactly. Race. So we we ran the ten k, I think, <laughs> in uh, New Jersey. Yeah, and we had one water station, maybe two water stations. Um, you know, where a, a, you run a trail. And again, comparing sort of a different event, but you run a trail like 50K, you'll have these massive aid stations with oranges yeah. and pretzels and potatoes and soda, like all this stuff. So it whiskey, definitely yeah. is a different environment. Whiskey, if, you, if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely whiskey, fireball. <laughs> well, here's a, a price in Texas. There's a race that goes, you, you actually, I think, start and go through a, uh, a cavern at the towards the beginning of the race and you have a 5k 10k and a half marathon and the prices are 55 65 and 90 for the half marathon hmm. and that's a pretty unique one so i would consider that a little high so that's pretty pretty cool. Cool. i just checked the palmerton 10k next year which is in july i think and it's 54.99 right now so comparable i guess okay good to know i, I always thought like i thought it was more expensive than that and i thought like oh you're paying for the name but the name doesn't really mean much to trail runners so i was confused about that but no it does make sense like you get a cool medal you get the the swag that people love so yeah it's comparable but you're talking about like full price to 54 dollars, right i mean i mean and i'm sure that a lot of the people that are running the trail races if they've never done a spartan before they probably are going to the website and paying full price but for us that's been around the block, we know that you never pay full price for a Spartan race. Right, and if you got a season pass, it's included, so. That's nice, yeah. So a couple other changes for 2020. Uh, They announced announced a new Ultra Series, uh, also City Spartans. I admittedly don't know much about these City Spartans other than it's going to be like a white medal. Um, So what do you guys think? They're trying to compete with uh, City Challenge, probably. City Challenge is too small. If you believe Elvi from City Challenge, Spartan apparently tried to buy City Challenge from him, according to him. Um, whether or not that's true, I don't know. But uh, I think they're – and, again, it's we're just expanding our audience to an extent. Uh, they Spartan, first off, can do nothing right in the eyes of its audience, unfortunately. Like, everything they announce is going to be met with people complaining. Um, you know, both good and bad. I guess it, it means that people give a shit and they enjoy the sport, but they also are – very offended by lots of things. Um, but the the city event, to me, I think, local 5K, right? You might start, just take, you know, take New England. You might have some coastal city or New Jersey or something where uh, you go run a 5K, you start on the boardwalk, you go run, you finish there, everybody's got a big party. Spartan wants to cash in on that and say, hey, we've got the same thing. You know, we're going to do this low-key event, kind of stadium-like, um, no mud, no huge climbs, no massive hills, like nothing to kill the average person that uh, doesn't want to get into like big time mud run Spartan. So I, I think it, it makes sense to me. That makes more sense than a trail race does for Spartan. Um, I agree. So it, it'll be interesting. I, I'm waiting to see the medal and I, I fully expect them to uh, 
do a 180 and say we're going to do competitive waves at them because as of right now the same they're not going to so. this is uh joe DeSen- joe DeSena's idea right his favorite type of races i have no idea no no mud yeah. easy it's right up his alley close to home the guy that just spent two days dragging a chain up a mountain uh in vermont <laughs> he really yeah that's what he did for the last two days with yancey so uh didn't somebody say that he like started having issues because he's been carrying that daggone uh the kettlebell his entire life. His entire life. You could have seen that coming. Since he was a little boy. <laughs> you, you know, it makes me wonder if, since they're not going to do a competitive heat, are they not going to time it? And that way it can save them money too. No chips. So they're still going to no time chips. it. Untiming they, chips. They are? Okay. Yeah, they've said they're still going to have timing chips. It'll just be all open waves. Yay. What's the point of timing? Yeah. I mean, I guess you can still compete at that point. But the other thing I'm wondering is, so we've also heard rumors of no competitive or no like podiums and stuff on Sundays for other events too. So are they just looking to move Hmm. like these podiums and these like, hey, big moments to Saturdays when a meaningful audience is there? Like to me, if, you know, if you got six people in a, a wave, like the elite women's wave, doing a podium for that it's not that those girls don't like deserve the podium for it but it i think it loses a little luster for them in in some way so yeah yeah. so i don't know well if they're trying to make the elite wave more authentic or whatever harder to get into and then you take the uh sunday event and you have an elite wave there too and you're splitting your audience and some people are going to cherry pick because there's less people on sunday if they take away the sunday competitive wave that makes sense because then Saturday is the day. Like if you don't run Saturday, then that's your you've lost your shot. So I can see that. That'd be good. Yeah, it was like it used to be. You know, they used to didn't do cash payout on Sunday, Saturday race on. Or I think they won like a free race or something. Yeah, that was not that long ago. Yeah, was it twenty seventeen? Maybe. Maybe sixteen, something like that. Yeah, I can't remember. So I'm kind of excited for this whole like city idea. It makes me think of, have, have any of you guys run like urban raid back in the day when that was a thing? So they set up a course like in the heart of Boston, like you're cr- climbing up right next to city hall and they did a fantastic job utilizing the city. And um, it's probably one of my favorite most unique courses that I've done before. So I'm kind of got some decent expectations for that. Again, I do want to see the metal. Um, it's a unique metal. So I want it. Uh, same for trail. I haven't done trail yet, but. I'll be doing that. They're not thinking about lumping some of these stadium courses into the the city series. I don't think so. I think they'll keep it. I don't think so. Because it's going to be like a different color. Each thing's going to have its color, and this one's white, I think you said, Uh right? I know it's been said before, but it it would be pretty amazing to see stadium races be longer and go from like one stadium to another or out the stadium around, you know, the area. Yeah. I know that, that will never happen. That probably won't happen, but that would be awesome. Like <laughs> Dallas is a perfect example because they've got the Cowboy Stadium and the Ranger Stadium right next to each other. Like, how amazing would that be to go into right. both? Yeah. That would be cool. It's not out of the ordinary that that happens in Philadelphia. You've got mm-hmm. the three different sports teams in one area. In Baltimore, you've got um, the football and baseball stadiums right next to each other. It just is double the amount of money to rent. Venue. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> two, two but it would be cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how much they have to pay to rent like a stadium to do that. I can't do a course. An ungodly amount. Probably yeah. a lot. Yeah. 
That's why Stadium Blitz is at all these college stadiums and not pro stadiums. <laughs> yeah, they probably get it for free. Yeah. <laughs> so another big thing that happened in 2020, uh, Warrior Dash went under. So I, I think a lot of people seem to care a lot, and now we're to the point where everyone's like, eh, probably for the best. <laughs> they haven't been great in the past few years. Uh, do we all agree with that? Or <laughs> uh, I believe, sorry, Josh, you're first. Go ahead. No, continue on. Okay, I believe uh, Anna and I, you, we talked about it, and, and I, I said my personal feelings. When I did my last Warrior Dash, I, I traveled for it in, I don't know, 17, 16, 17, somewhere in there, and I was like, not doing any more of those. I mean, just for myself, I've, I've just gone to so many harder, so much, so many harder and longer and better events that it was just like, this is not worth it at this point. Now for, for beginners, I could still be, see it being worth it, but for myself, it was not, and I couldn't support the quality of event that I saw either. Yeah. And I think it's like, they're in a, they're in a unique space where, you got Rugged Maniac in the same space. You've got a Spartan Sprint in the same space. Uh, there's only there's only so much room in the sandbox, sadly. And I think uh, they're also owned by a company that was more hyped about doing events and, and festival-type things than running the logistics of building things and, you know, all this stuff. So it's I, – I just think it wasn't a very good fit. Not that, not that it wasn't a successful company, because I, I don't think that's really why they shuttered the operation. I think it just – it wasn't as, you know, it's not like there wasn't another option for consumers out there. So. Priorities. And I haven't, I haven't done a Warrior Dash since I think 2014 or 15, maybe. Um, Same. One I did was great. You know, muddy, fun obstacles, big slides, that kind of stuff. Um, but not, you know, I, I need a little more in my life. Yeah, I think it was just a more sentimental thing whenever they went under. Because I think that's pretty much whenever everybody that's obstacle racing now whenever everybody first started that's pretty much the only race that was in that space we didn't have rugged maniac back then or at least i didn't know about it back then like 2013 14 whenever it was so like that was the first thing that i did was a warrior dash so i think it was a more sentimental thing for everybody like that was the one race you could convince all your friends to go to because you could like drink beer with them afterwards and (laughs) and wear ridiculous hats and whatever but um yeah, I think I did one more after my first one, and then I was like, eh, I'm ready to move on from this. Scott, have you ever run one? Uh, negative, so I guess I really don't have an opinion on the matter. I mean, I, you hate to see an OCR company go down in this day and age, um, but from what I heard, you know, it, was, it wasn't the, the best event, and a lot of people, I think Matt had always said, you know, that, it could be a rugged maniac and they chose to not let it be that. that. And to me, I mean, rugged's great. I mean, it's just challenging enough and it's got, a, you know, enough fun obstacles where, you know, I would always do rugged a warrior dash from what people tell me. The last warrior dash that I ran, um, one, I got yelled at twice by not doing the obstacles correctly. They said I was supposed to crawl on something instead of running across it, <laughs> which if you saw the obstacle, it made no sense. What um, obstacle? The the mask oh, across the water? Magic carpet ride, yeah. They're like, you're That's, supposed to crawl. Yeah, so you like, definitely run across is, What? The whole premise is yeah. you run fast enough to not fall in the water. <laughs> right. so, so that happened. Screw those guys. Our, yeah, our start was delayed those guys. by 45 minutes <laughs> uh, because they didn't have an, enough ambulances at the venue. Uh, during the crawl through like 
really dark thing. I pulled out like a huge nail. Uh, and that's one other big oh thing. My. It, oh it was just a terrible, and like things. This is a rugged? No, this was, sorry, this was a uh, warrior. Oh, warrior dash. The last warrior dash that I ran. And they had like the big thing with Oh, Mike's done. Dash helmet, and it was like it was falling apart. I'm like, this is just embarrassing. So the best thing about I was this, only we could talk last year one because there's like, but we can talk all kinds of shit about Warrior Dash, and we can't get sued. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In my last episode, I told him like I said like there's no real reason to do this anymore, and um, I'm not shocked that they've gone under. I'm really not. It is a bummer that it was midway through the season. I think that's extremely unfair. Um, Never got one of the hats. Yeah, they should have they at least finished through their big tough year <laughs> and then said, hey, we're done. I got a couple hats. I'll bring you one to Jacksonville, Scott. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Sweet. <laughs> um, so another big race brand. I was help- hoping Heather would be here because this was a big topic last year. But um, Tough Mudder's big taking away prize money, which we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, but they said that they were doing that to step up their venue experience. So has anyone noticed a difference with this year's Tough Mudder venue experience um, in the festival area compared to last year? I'd say, yeah, if they've reshifted that money to a different place, uh, it showed. Yeah. Like their events were really good and uh, there was just a lot more going on in the festival areas for sure. Has anyone else done any Tough Mudders? Nope. No, definitely. Even for the regular Tough Mudder classics, um, like the one we did in College Station, Jason, were you there? Yeah, you were yeah. there. <laughs> well, we did tougher, and yeah. you know, people complain because they're not like they're not uh, keeping track of uh, who's completing what obstacles. It's it's just not right. being the yeah. elite wave is not being uh, quality controlled. But who cares? Uh, it's yeah. it's there's 20 people running that thing and it's uh, the, the money is going to, it's more than 20 Scott. I saw your eyebrows go down. It's, uh, it, there's, it's, it's, there's a, several people running it, but the really the majority of the place where the money got shifted to is the, the, the rest of the day. I mean, that's the first yeah. crowd that runs through. It's that's the people that want to run first. Anyway, they used to run first before they got the competitive wave because they were the people they that first wave was always the world's toughest wave. So you would see people with their bibs, you would see people with the like 25 time headbands and they were the people that was the crowd that knew each other. And they shifted the uh, money to, or they did competitive ways. And then those people got upset. They're like, well, now we can't run first. We got to pay more to run first. And then they shifted to, okay, we've got the competitive wave, but then we got a wave right after called first mud. And then you get in that wave by paying a little bit more, and so, it yeah. The rest of the day, I mean, you got nine o'clock all the way to three o'clock or whatever that they've shifted money to the focus of making those people's event and experience better. So, good job. Yeah, I think it was a success too. I'd I'd have to agree because the Tough Mudder events that we went to this year, they were all very enjoyable. Like just to even stick around, hang around around the race festival, which usually I don't like to do. I just like to like just go run and leave. But yeah, from experiences of like when I was there just to do media and then like run a much later heat, like it was fun because I had a whole bunch of games out there. The DJ was having a lot. Of, I mean, it's not quite Savage Races level, but they had some <laughs> great games going on. And um, I really thought it was much, much better than last year. So I was happy to see that. Um, and speaking of prize money, world's toughest mother prize money. I think there's a difference between taking away tougher, toughest money, but world's toughest mother 
prize money do we think it's going to come back next year and should it i think it should uh i i bet they go another year without it and then go from there because i think you know in terms of sample size just looking at the people that um showed up like this is what like their second least amount of attended events like so i th- i think they've got a build the hype around the event which i think they did a great job this year like i've always followed world's toughest mutter but going there was a completely different story of what what kept me kind of interested in it so i think they've done a good job of building the hype and the excitement around the event next year they need to ride that pony and still continue that trend and then bring back um you know prize money or you know if they if they do some small prize money that's good but it's you're not going to you're not going to get a Ryan Atkins until you're going to dump 20 grand onto this event. Right. So uh, I, I think if you're, if you're strapped for cash, which I don't know if they still are, they, they probably are still watching the bottom line. Um, But do it again. Uh, New locations are automatically going to get a ton of new people. I think they suffered after Atlanta in 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I think the move to Dallas is going to be a good move. And I think right off the bat, they're going to get probably a couple hundred more people just on that move alone. Yeah, just yeah, on the new location alone, they're going to get a lot of a lot of new people showing up to WTM. And next year being their 10th anniversary, I think they might focus more on that, especially with their events and making their events even even better experience with what they were successful with this year and then bringing that into next year. Um, so, yeah, I, don't, I really don't think they're going to bring prize money back to WTM. They, I agree with Josh. They probably will not do that for another year at least. And look at the the group that that came. You still had three people hit 100 miles. You had the women fighting hard just as usual, and there was no prize money. Nobody cared. Uh, if you brought it back, like maybe Ryan Atkins would come back and win every single time. I mean, is that exciting? Like, yes, we would all love him to be there, but will it make a difference for the overall event? I I don't know. You got to think too that uh, Spartan Ultra Championships has really played a part into cutting into uh, admission to both sides. Really, you yeah. Know, of who's going to WTM and who's going to Sweden or wherever they're going to have it next year. That's a good point. I, I hope they bring it back eventually. I can understand if they don't bring it. They made, made a big deal about like, oh, this all all this money is going to charity, so it's tough. Like. Do you want to take from the charity? Uh, I I would want to see more money out there for the elites because I I'm agree. sharing the course with them. Um, I wish Roya was out there. I, I wish um, Atkins was out there. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was great sharing the course with uh, Trevor and Chris and Aaron and, and all them, but like the more people there, the better. And, and how many events do you get to share the course with them um, instead of them running first and like you get to cheer them on and then you run. Um, to be able to share the course with people, I think is what made World Service Mutter so special to me. Um, but I, I hope it comes back eventually. I guess that's the big thing with that. And just just like you said, Scott, the, they, they are they do need to kind of compete with Sweden uh, with wherever mm-hmm. the Ultra Championships is now because Spartans getting all the big people now because they have the money. So it's tricky. I'm sure that uh, Atkins and Rhea would have much rather ran in Atlanta than Sweden too. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. I mean, they went and ran in Fiji for eight days or whatever. Yeah. Atkins, I think, loves that. So you never know. 
crazy. I mean, when they when they've done the uh, kind of event like Worlds as many times as they have, I mean, can you blame them for looking for something new? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Bracken made a comment earlier. This <laughs> getting distracted by these awesome backgrounds. <laughs> How are y'all doing that? I don't know, but uh, pure boredom. Jason is now a donut. I'm the donut. I just had a whole pizza, and now I'm hungry again. Uh, but earlier this year, Bracken made a comment on Obstacle Dominator before he left. Rip. That, uh, the difference between <laughs> obstacles and, and tasks. So, I, f- I feel like certain obstacles, like the spear throw at, at Spartan Race, that's more of a task than an obstacle. Um, do we think that there's ever going to be like a course correction and trying to stay towards more of the obstacles than boring tasks to do in a race or where, where's that line i think but wouldn't wouldn't that be an, a ninja warrior course then <laughs> well sure. i mean really <laughs> sort of but i i think bracken, sort of bracken has a mindset that races should only be designed for elites and pros and that nobody else really matters um <laughs> and that's that's not a dig at him but it's and i get why he has that opinion because that's the space he's in um but to him it's like not not everything has to be catered towards your side of the industry. In fact, to me, to be honest, completely the opposite. Um, Spartan could definitely do with some harder obstacles. And I think if they had harder obstacles, that, that conversation is null and void. Um, the spear throw, I think, is, is going to be around. Rules. Yeah, the spear throw, one, it's going to be around forever, but it's going to be like, it's going to be the throwback to what Spartan was way back in the day uh so when you know in five ten years from now when we have some <laughs> completely different spark <laughs> weird jason dupree baby head going on there <laughs> when we Sorry, find I'll stop. a completely different look and feel to spartan the spear throw is still going to be there and it'll be like this this beck and call of of ages past for spartan so you know what bracket if if you don't like it learn how to throw a spear like <laughs> sorry <laughs> Josh wants Spartan to bring back the gladiators. I think <laughs> they were supposed to. What, have, what the heck happened? They were to supposed that? to. Yeah. They made that promise. Joe made. I'm gonna have to go dig up the video that Joe brought that up in. You're gonna Joe have to hold Joe to that. Totally with him with that chain, he drag up the mountain. Yep. Spartans. <laughs> <laughs> One thing uh, I don't like, and I understand that they are trying to standardize everything and they're making the sprint, you know, the entry level race. And I get that, you know, it's the easiest one for, you know, everybody doing, which may be their first obstacle course race, but from the competitive side and like, I know, I know they're catering to the open heats. That's where they got to because that's where the money's at. But when you're running a competitive heat in a sprint, and the only thing out there is a rig and monkey bars and a spear. The only thing that's probably going to get failed is the spear. Yep. Yeah, they got to. Unless it's wet, but yeah, if it's dry. Unless it's wet, yeah. I almost think that next year we see things like Twister and Olympus move into sprints, at least for like the national series. I don't see any reason if we're going to go all the way down to Jacksonville to run a Sunday sprint why they can't have Olympus there, why they can't have Twister there, because it's going to be on course from the Super the day before. Um, you know, so bring it to the National Series, if anything. These pros are all asking for harder obstacles. And, um, you know, the open waivers, they're going to skip it if they want to skip it. They're going to do it if they want to do it. And 
they may or may not do their burpees if they try it and fail, whatever. It's like, have it there and okay, you just appeased half of your audience. So Right. Even just a shorter version of it. I remember going down to Florida and they had like shorter versions of Olympus and Twister, I think, in one of the Florida races because it was like at the end of the year. So it wasn't like a national series race or anything, but I mean, we still went down to Florida and ran, I think the the beast in the sprint or something like that. And they had just a shorter, easier version of it. Not quite as long. I'll take the section twister any day. You know, we've heard suggestions from pros even to say, you know, take a bell and put it at the end of a three section or four section brig and then move it whenever, after the elites go through. So they have less sections. Yeah. Yeah, they really do need to make. I think they need to make some changes like that. Uh, I, I haven't been able to do Twister in a while because I've been only doing sprints. So maybe I need to change up the races that I do. But it would be nice to see more interesting obstacles at sprints as well. Because Mike, when you do Twister, uh, do you get through one section? Uh, I've done Twister once. So and I got through one section. Yeah, I think I fell. Oh, you've only had a chance to do it once. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to do it again just to see if I can do it because right, you might just need more practice. I mean, exactly. Yeah. So, I miss the black grips. Really, so you I like heard, them? I heard I mixed things them. about that. I heard it rotated with them though. I did. Yeah, but it didn't tear your calluses up, and when it That's was true. raining, you yeah. had so much more grip on those. Oh, when wow. it was raining. Yeah. That uh, that twister in uh, Dallas this year. And in Florida, like Florida, once the sun came out and that thing got like oh, 110 man. degrees, it just shreds your fingers. <laughs> oh man, it was bad was in Florida. The metal actually hot. Well, it's it it's hot. It's it dry, just gets dry. like yeah, it gets dry and sticky, and it just it, when you transition off of the thing, it just it takes your skin with it. <laughs> North American Championships has taught me that I'm a complete baby as soon as I rip my hands open. So <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't man. care who you are, man. Hurts, man. Once, once yeah, those things are bad. open, it's it's torture. Oh, yeah. terrible. We got to all invest in some of them Franklin uh, gloves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's a Franklin glove? It's the, fit, the 2020 brand. version of Fit4. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. They just like straight Walmart up stole brand. Fit4's design. And- <laughs> oh, yeah, those. Okay. <laughs> uh, so a big topic last year was uh, we talked about whether or not OCR-related TV shows help the sport. Um, the Titan Games came out. Did anyone watch it? I did. Titan Games? I did. Oh, I didn't. Okay. How, how was it? I love The Rock, but I had no very little interest in that. <laughs> the well, show I, itself. I only watched a few Good, episodes. No, I only watched a few episodes because Chris was on the show. So <laughs> I only watched like her episode. I, so. I did watch the whole thing. And, and Anna, we actually talked about it a good bit. I, yeah. I, the show was cool. Uh, you know, there was a lot of cheese to it. I mean, it's a television show. You're going to get that. But uh, the competition itself, while the obstacles or the competitions were neat, I didn't like how they had like two brackets of people, and then these two people did one obstacle or one challenge, and then these two people did a di- completely different challenge. So your strength here might have worked, but your strength uh, might have been against you in the first competition, and it completely you know screwed you. Good to know. Yeah. But the yeah, show like itself the, was okay, and I just you know if you don't like all the uh, the cheesy parts, skip through them. But the competitions were were good. Yeah, yeah, the the challenges looked like fun. Like they looked like a lot of fun to do. Like, and I think the way they they paired up the the competitors was really well well done. But 
Um, yeah, I mean, it just, I, I thought like the challenges just catered to whatever the competitor strengths were. And so it wasn't really, I don't know. I don't know if they were actually like really competing against each other. Hmm. If you, if you cater to each person's strengths, you know? Well, think of a similar show, Steve Austin, where you were competing down a bracket to get to the end. Uh, everybody did the exact same thing. Yeah. So oh, yeah. you made it to the end. You couldn't complain. Oh, I got into this competition, but I wasn't strong, even though I'm fast, but because everybody had to do the same thing. So, yeah. yeah. And then another big one. Well, another one, uh, million dollar mile. Uh, I watched two oh, episodes of that. I watched it solely because people that I get to see them like at races, like VJ Jones and all that were doing it. And so I, I liked it. That. I didn't like the narration of it. Yeah, it was Tim Tebow ruined it. He did. Everything else, I, I loved everything except for that. The, the fake hype, the paid audience, like the every the show's audience. got some yeah. fake host, man. Come on. Yeah, I mean the prem <laughs> the premise of Million Dollar Mile was awesome, and I I would love yeah. a chance to run Million Dollar Mile as like a yeah. contestant. Um, but the execution and the the lack of like relatable hosts just nope. I'm hyped up. You're hyped up. Let's get going. Like, ugh. Yeah. The, the premise and the competition was was pretty cool, but it just as a television show, it was not enjoyable to watch. It didn't, even though they, they tried to build these moments of like, oh my God, are they going to make it? I don't know. But it just, the way they cut it was garbage and it didn't pan out to, to make it exciting. Yep. That was terrible. The only reason why I watched that show was to see like Mike said, people that we see on the obstacle courses, on the, on the courses. Yeah. That's the well, only was, reason why I watched it. Yeah, I think that's what made it good to pretty much us. We just wanted to see, the you know, the pros, go, you know, in a show like that. And, I mean, I guess that's probably what I like about it the most, really. But, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. I would love to see Hunter chase down Josh and talk shit when he passes. That'd be awesome. That, that'd be all now, about that it. I would watch. That I would totally watch in prime time. Maybe we can organize that at the Jacksonville Sprint. Like he gives Set me that a up. five minute, five minute head start. Yeah, Did you there. see where he's trying out for the Titan Games? He had someone on his Instagram about it. Oh yeah. Oh, they doing more of it? Yeah, they're having another yeah, season. I so. Well, I don't uh, think Million Dollar Miles getting another season though, because I know the ratings were so bad that they. Moved the change? timing of it, yeah, and yeah. then they moved other shows yeah. earlier. Yeah, less than two weeks before they relegated it to Friday, and then yeah, it was so confusing when it was on. They did show the whole thing eventually, but yeah, they pushed it back to a weird time. A now, I know it wasn't this year; uh, they didn't have a season this year. But I don't hear a lot of people talk about uh, Ultimate Beastmaster that was on Netflix, even though it had some uh, OCR people on it. You are the only person that I know that talks about that show, and I feel like I need to check it out. I've never it seen sounds it. awesome. I've never. Oh, it's good, it man. Before I heard it from Jason. Um, yeah, it's uh. So it's Sylvester Stallone is a producer, so he's in it for like a yeah. second, and uh, but its hosts were actually pretty dang funny, and I think uh, one yeah. of the hosts on the a second season was uh, CM Punk, and he surprised me how well he did. Uh, but their hosts were a, a blast to listen to. Yeah. And the competition had some cheese to it, but uh, but it was still like the 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 course itself was tough, and you would see some people like how did how did they some some stuff that was like man how did they not get past that that was too easy. 
But Am I the uh, only one that watches some of these and I was like, how would the, these obstacles are not hard. Like it should be so much easier. But, but then I'm sure if I'm in that position, it'll be totally different. But the spotlight. Yeah, right. Some of the beginning competitions <laughs> or obstacles were, were super simple. And some people failed on those. But then you have people like Ken Corriano who, you know, made it through multiple things and, and, and did really well. And the people that got through the end, I mean, they were serious, mostly climbers, like uh, rock climbers were the ones that did really well on that show. Yeah, those are the guys that usually excel in all of these. Ninja Warrior, they're all rock climbers. Yeah. Yeah. The host from the different countries, though, on Ultimate Beastmaster was probably the most entertaining thing to watch whenever they're all, like, screaming and cheering on their athletes or whatever. It's they would yell at each other and stuff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's probably the most entertaining part of the show. And do we that think that these good. shows are, are helping direct people to the sport more um, for us? It's television. I mean, those people are sitting down watching television. They're not doing anything else. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think the fans of Ninja Warrior are going to throw up ninja warrior obstacles in their backyard or go right. run their local competition at their gym so it's it's more an entertainment piece and if anything it's brand recognition but it's not it's not driving numbers to the front door i don't think yeah it's made for the masses not for the athletes for sure yeah. like we we watch it because we enjoy it yeah we watch it because we enjoy it but if you didn't know about it would you go do i mean how many things on tv have you seen him in like I think I'll get into that. Yeah. They, I don't bring, watch American Ninja Warrior. If they bring you've Ninja seen one episode, like you've seen them all. Yeah. I if bring Ninja Warrior to Boston, I'll totally do it. But I mean, I did start collecting Ninja Turtles because of the cartoon, but... <laughs> Me too. I stole some, too. <laughs> Hot take. I, I stole some Star Wars characters, and I got caught, and then they told my parents. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I thought book. you were talking about recently, Josh. I got no. busted on the Transformers. That's the ones I got caught stealing. I stole, uh, I stole a Darth Vader, and they caught me. It was, it was at a Bradley's. If you remember a Bradley's back in the day, Nobody I stole did. a Barney book when I was little. Went <laughs> all the way to the car. How old could you like on purpose? Yep. yep. I like I know there. that I should pay for this, but I'm not. No, I, I, before I think so, but I, I brought it to the car. My mom found out. We walked right back to the store. It was probably like twenty girls or something. She found the manager and she made me apologize to the oh, manager man. of the store. And guess who hasn't stolen the damn thing since? No. Not, nothing nothing that I can buy. Like street signs and all that fun stuff. That's all fair game. But like not in stores. I'm sure there had to be an episode on Barney where he talked about how stealing wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you a story about a kid named Mike. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the last few things I wanted to to wrap up with is uh, 2019 goals that we had and 2020 goals to shoot for. Let's get them out on the record to really push ourselves. So I remember that I, I listened to last episode. So Josh was there, Heather was there. Um, so my goals were to train more and get less injuries. I think I got that. I also wanted an OCR age group podium, but I didn't end up running any competitively. So that's a big no. Uh, World service mileage. I had said that I wanted 55 miles. Uh, I guess Javier told me that I should get 65. So I'm going to count that as kind of a win. And uh, I also wanted to do a handstand and still can't do a handstand. So you're doing a headstand right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. I am. For those listening, I uh, flip my camera upside down and I can't fix Living it. Living the dream. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin's goals were to run a half marathon and not come in last. So she did that. 
And she also said that she was going to do 12 hour toughest in Philly, which she did not do. Uh, now, Josh, I don't know if you remember, but you said that you were going to try and beat your 50K record. You said your record was around seven hours and 40 minutes. Yep. Uh, do that? Nope. Ended up dropping out of my 50K because I was having hamstring issues. And, uh, what was your time in Dallas? Uh, nine, nine oh four, something like that. So not all of us are six hour ultra beasters. <laughs> you also uh, talked about how you wanted to podium in your new age group. Um, 40 to 44. Yeah. I think, I think I said like a top 10 finish, but it became pretty clear that that was very achievable. I think I got that like in San Antonio. Awesome. Um, yeah, you did. So I, like my, my best finish was five in long Island. So awesome. good. I, I had a couple sixes, a seven, a nine and eight. Um, so next year I think it'll be a little harder. Um, but we'll see. I, I think I still have a, the same goal of a podium in 2020. And you also had one final goal, which I think you really did well with. You wanted to build an OCR community on this little thing called Discord. <laughs> I think I think that was generally successful. Uh, we got well over 500 members and like probably 40 of them that are actually active, like any Facebook group that's out there. But uh, I'll, I'll spare you all the, the advertisements because I do it all the time on our podcast. But uh, yeah, I think we got a, a good community of people and some – some inside info for some, from some good uh, staffers that are on there as well. So, I don't know if you've noticed, Josh, but for every episode that I put out, I always have a link to it, and I write something unique every single episode. Uh, just have fun with it. And uh, Heather's goal is real quick. I know she's not here. She wanted to release an episode every week. <laughs> um, she that's wanted hard. to, yeah, it is. That is hard. That's a, that's a lot. It is. Um, she wanted to get at least 65 miles at World's Toughest Motor. She did that. She wanted she to got do 60. Yeah. Uh, oh, she got 60? I thought she got yeah. 65. Well, she was going for 75. That's what I thought. So but, she, she had, but she spent four hours outside the in the pit in the uh, tent. Yes. Yeah, so at, as of January last year, she said that she secretly wanted 75, but she was telling people she wanted 65. But yeah, that did change a bit. She said she wanted to do West, well at Toughest Midwest get in top 10 Spartan when there's more than 20 elite women there and uh, get another age group podium. So uh, a lot of goals, right? Yeah. So if we want to go around, get on record of our goals for 2020. Uh, 2019. I don't, I didn't really have any goals because I came off of, you know, crazy issues in 18 and then 19 kind of just riddled with more different issues, but uh, nothing that was debilitating like it was in, in uh, 18. But so I just went into this year, not really having any goals and just kept running and having fun and, and really enjoyed it. Like going into worlds was, you know, uh, what's my goal after 50? Well, 75, but I didn't get there, but it was a good learning experience. And, and honestly, after 17 this year, after doing 60 miles, I have a goal of 75. And I think like, you know how we talk about having achievable goals. And I know Ryan Atkins talked about it. Evan Ferris talked about it. Like having a goal in mind that it's slightly out of reach, but it's not insane. For me to say I can run 125 miles, that would be insane. But for me to say I had time to hit 65 and I need two more laps to do 75. So that's pretty achievable. And so to, to just kind of push it just a little bit more, 
each year is nice because as far as endurance running goes, that's kind of how your body grows anyway. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, when I look back at everybody's kind of progress at World's Toughest Butter, like my – this is interesting because all of my training is going to be around short, fast races, like sprint supers, getting better at beasts is, is a goal. Cause I, the longer the distance, the worse I get in terms of position, That's just the way I race. Um, but then I have world's toughest mutter. So it's like, I would love to go in there and get 50 miles, which to me sounds achievable. It'll be the longest distance I've ever done. If I do it by a, by a long shot. Um, but then I look at, some people have gone in their first year with that goal and been like, I got 30 miles because that thing kicked the shit out of me. And there's a lot of unknowns. Like I'm, I'm doing uh, toughest Philly uh, just to, you know, help. yeah, help. figure some stuff out. So my goal is 50 miles at world's toughest mutter. If it's only 35, I won't be disappointed in that. Um, for me, it's get out there, get as many miles as I can to start the day and then survive the rest of it. It's pretty much how it's going to go. So, um, and then beyond that, just keep on running i think 2019 was my best year of running but it definitely towards the end of the year it definitely slowed down so uh just keep on moving ain't getting any younger as someone that got 50 miles on his first try um i will say it it is doable it's mainly mental though i i I think you'll find that most of the people that only got 35 miles there was a issue of them spending too much time in the pit if you go out there and you're at least at walking every lap i walked the majority of it and i got 55 this year um it's just a lot of picking yourself up and throwing yourself out in the course but i think it's totally doable yeah josh as many many, right as many ultras as you've done uh i don't see you have any issue with it as long as you can stay on course yep yes stay on course yep that was my issue (laughs) <laughs> it's it's tough it's it's not easy but it's it it's that's that's what you, you gotta do it's it's tricky scott do you have yeah. any goals for 2020 um not really i'm just gonna go out there and kind of just do the same thing i did this year you know just go to every race and just try to do your best i'm probably gonna do the killington ultra again so even though i said <laughs> haven't learned your lesson huh promised i, I would just like to point again. out that Scott crossed the finish line, and before his second leg was even over the finish line, he's like, I am never fucking doing that again. He <laughs> <laughs> said that the first year, too. I was there for I that. Did. Well, you know, my my buddy Michael, he uh, it's something nothing. happened to him, and, yeah, he got in a bad way, and he didn't get to finish, so he wants revenge, and I'd <laughs> feel left out if I didn't do it, too. You so. need to make sure he signs up, though, unlike your other friend who you came yeah. for revenge this year and never right. Tripped. Yeah, yeah. he's supposedly that. already signed up because he's coming back this year too. So two of my buddies are wanting revenge, so I'd hate not to do it if they're going to do it too. It's just I don't know what it is about that course, but after the pain wears off, I mean, it's just it's such an adventure. But when you're doing that course and you remember everything from the first lap and you're thinking, crap, I still got to do that again, then I got to do that again, and it's <laughs> – Man, this this that course is good about putting demons in your head. So it's know. an abusive relationship, is what it is. <laughs> it is. I'd like really, to point out that I have no regrets skipping the beast this year. I, I think <laughs> it was the best decision I made. Yeah, and you know someone else that just ran uh, the Killington Ultra for the first time and fell in love with it, Chris Mendoza. Mendoza, one of his favorite courses, mm-hmm. and wow. he said objectively it is harder than Tahoe um, because he said he ran Tahoe on tired legs and finished 
much quicker than we yeah. did for Killington. Um, it's a, that's a crazy, crazy course. I think everybody should do Killington at least once. Yes. That place is awesome. It is. It's beautiful. And you should go to Ben and Jerry's factory after. People <laughs> well deserved. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pause My pause. 2020 goals uh, don't really revolve around distance goals except for worlds. Um, but it's really more around just the races that I get to do. So myself with uh, a wife and two kids, uh, Anna's, I think, in the same boat. And that's probably why we make good co-hosts uh, because we relate a lot in the fact that we, we've got to pick and choose. And Scott, you know, ultra, you got a Spartan pass, so you get to do as many Spartans as you can get to. And that's cool, but I can't do that. I, I've literally got to pick uh, one a month, in, in, unless something like comes up and I've got nothing going on for a weekend and I can go to something close by. So that might happen for a Spartan San Antonio, but for the most part, it's, it's just, I want to do races that are unique and that I don't get to do often or the ones that I love the most, like going to try and go to, or am going to Ragnar, Colorado. I've done one Ragnar before. It was a blast. Colorado sounds, fun. you know, I love Colorado. And everybody gets I, to come visit me. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to coach. I'm not coach. I'm going to be the, uh, the leader for that one, whatever. And, uh, captain. you know, team the captain. captain. Yeah, I'm going to be team captain for that one. Because when I did it, I kind of took over for a moment when the guy was off on course uh, chasing after some girl. But um, So that sounds fun, too. So that's what it is. It's really more just like trying to find new experiences instead of trying to reach a mileage goal. Let me I just want to add, you know, y'all that are doing this, that y'all have kids, you know, my hat is off to y'all because if I had kids, I, you know, just the stress of having kids, you know, I don't think I would have the ability to function, to train. And I know I'd be eating all their junk food if it was in my house too. So I'd probably be as big as all the chicken nuggets and craft mac and cheese and cereal. (laughs) There's still Halloween candy sitting around. Yeah. No, I got rid of the Halloween candy. I give it a week and then it's out of the house. But yeah, I no, I did Scott, I did have a year where I traveled a lot for races because I was spending obscene amounts of money on races and traveling. And it it does take it did take a toll on like my relationship with my kids and I was kind of sad about that. So like that's why I the last couple of years like I seriously backed off from it because I was like I can't <laughs> I can't do this. I can't like keep leaving my kids with like my mom or someone something you know it's like yeah such an would... extra step to <laughs> and not just the races yeah. but also the the time training exactly yeah. it's just the time to train and then like the the toll it takes on you afterwards you're just so whooped that it's just like you don't even have fun anymore because like your family is not happy and your when your family is not happy you can't be happy you know like i got into this to inspire them and to be an example for them and what good is it if i'm never around you know yeah. that's right so, so I mean, yeah. I, I saw a long time ago somebody posted a a, a blog about you know quitting obstacle racing because of they it took away you know they put too much into it and took away from their the rest of their life and the balance that you have with it all we talk about it all the time and me and april actually want to do an episode that just talks about that and i it's it's huge i mean anything that you do if you put too much into it and, and it, it's detriment to the rest of your life you you're going to stop probably 
So yeah. to continue to do this thing that I love, I have to cut back and I have to force myself to focus uh, in other areas so that I can do this and, and still enjoy it. Yeah. And it becomes a conversation too with your partner. Like you have to have that conversation about, Hey, this, these are my goals that I want to do this year. Like, is, do you think this is, is even feasible with the kind of schedule that we have and the kind of lifestyle that we have? Um, you know, is it, is it going to be doable with, you know, all the other schedules that we have to manage, you know? And the things that you want to do. Right. And exactly. important to you. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's just the tricky part of it, but. I say you, I mean, when you're talking to them. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. <laughs> but that's probably like a good segue into my goals for next year because I'm not traveling as much for races. I mean, like I just moved to this beautiful state <laughs> and yeah, I've hardly gotten, I've hardly gotten a chance to explore as much as I've wanted to. Like every day I have off, I want to go out and explore, but I've got to get the house together. I've got to get this together. You know, by the time I'm done with everything, it's already like it's dark by four thirty, and it's like, God. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just want to do like more stuff locally and just explore the community around. Luckily, I mean, Colorado obstacle racers, they're a huge group that gets together and they're a pretty large group that gets together and does a lot of fun things like rucking and um, little events of their own. So I'm probably going to do that. But I also, I've been racking my brain about it, about, you know, having a big goal in mind that's pretty reachable, but um, I, I, I didn't come to that conclusion until this past weekend, which I'm still rolling it around in my head. So I'm not going to say it quite yet because <laughs> technically for 2021. So um, yeah, I'm going to say that for that year, but all everything that I do this year will be in pursuit of, of that, that ultimate goal. Nice. So, but, yeah. I, I'd like to say how awesome is it that we have such choice like yeah. to say I have to limit myself to 12 race weekends a year right. and that's hard it's very hard yeah it's a good problem it's really <laughs> it's awful to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's rough because <clears throat> I just I pulled up my schedule for 2020 because I went through and looked at last year which was insane and next year I was like we're definitely not racing this much. And I look, at, <laughs> I look at May and it's like race weekend, race weekend, race weekend, race weekend, Memorial day. So it's like, great. My, my weekends offer like the major holidays where there's no races. So it's, and the interesting thing about this sport is you can run every weekend if you really want to. And if you have the means to, but like Josh, right. Well, <laughs> you guys have kids. We just have, bills from traveling so it's like <laughs> the trade-off yeah I'm, I'm not banking any money here because we're we're <laughs> flying everywhere this year so but for me it's like we've used it as a way to go see parts of at least the country and parts of the world like we went to london this year for ocr worlds that we would never have gone to do otherwise um so it's it's a good excuse to go out and sort of explore parts of the the u.s that we've never seen like we're huge fans of Texas. We go to Texas multiple times every year and I'm psyched <laughs> that toughest mother is there. Um, Utah is going to be a staple on our calendar every single year, I think, cause Utah's gorgeous. Um, you know, and, and we'll constantly find like, I, I definitely want to go out to Montana cause Montana looks like an amazing course. It does look awesome. So we're, we're going to continue to, to see what we can see out there. And, um, you know, it's, it's a means to an end, I guess, if it helps us travel and see some places great and, um, if nothing else, it helps us kind of 
stay connected to the community because no matter where we go, we're running into one of y'all out there. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, my oh. goals are going to be the same as last year. The, the ones I didn't get at least I'd uh, like to be able to do a handstand. Just want to work on like upper body in general because I've never been strong uh, with grip strength or any of that stuff. Um, and I also want to focus more on speed a little bit more, taking a break from endurance, uh, just because World Stuff's Motive takes a lot out of me mentally before and physically after. So I want to do more stadium races and, and, and train to be faster and see what I can do with that. Uh, I'd like to keep my band for OCR WC 3K. Um, not something like Josh does every year, but like I, I really want to keep my band. I think that'd be awesome. Um, I freaking lost mine. I, I ended up keeping it in. The only thing I kept it this year in is the team event. And I was super happy to come home from London and I lost it somewhere on course for the Dallas ultra. I think when I was like pulling off my gloves, it must've flown off like 15 miles into it. I looked down. I was like, I don't have my band anymore. So I don't even have anything to show for it. So real quick with a team event, what are your thoughts on if you were, if you cut your band, but your teammate lost their band, should you keep your band? Does that count at all? Um, well, let me give you my, my firsthand experience. So this year in London, we had um, Molly was on strength. Yeah, Molly was on strength, but they had a couple very technical obstacles in there. Um, she did not keep her band. We had Darren on speed. Darren kept his. We had me on technical. I kept mine. The only thing that I think they should adjust is that final obstacle, the wall. Mm -hmm. I think you should have to get all three people over the wall. Like Adrian came and said, if you get over the wall and you still have your band, you keep your band. So if, if the team throws one person over the wall, oh, I, like, didn't know I could have kept it. So mm -hmm. I, I kind of think that the whole team should have to make it over that. I thought um, that was the, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think a little revision on that might be nice, but, but other than that, you know, I don't really have any issues with it, especially now since they are putting, challenging enough obstacles on every single leg yeah um i think you you've got some people doing strength just because they wanted to go do something and get a band so i, I think you should push them one way or another um so we'll we'll see yeah strength also had valkyrie for north american championships and i lost my band real quick on that one yeah so mike you and i we should we should hold each other accountable for like a pull-up challenge throughout the year so we'll we'll find something Definitely. And, and something related to, to dealing with heights too. So we can get you prepared for world stuff as mother. Agreed. Mm -hmm. I know what that's like. Yeah. I just hope to see more team obstacles like in worlds. Didn't they have a, um, or was that last year where they had the thing where you had, it was like a, a stretcher and you had to load the balls on it. Like that was something more than just a wall. And then Noran, everybody had to go through urban sky. So seeing uh, just more obstacles that, the whole team has to do together. Like if you've ever gone to a Concord Gauntlet and done their team race, they got some really crazy team challenges more than obstacles and it's fun. But so just something that involves everybody at the same time. Heard good things but, about that race. So I want to check it out. I bet they don't have a spear throw. Well, they don't have, they have a team race anymore. Hey, if you go up to Northman in Canada, they have an ax throw. So everybody's got their <laughs> I saw that. Don't I mean, you should do a marble race, and then you have a, a, a shield throw. Spartan, oh, yeah. in, um, Spartan in Europe, in their winter races, has a snowball toss. So it's like <laughs> everybody's got a thing. That's fun. A snowball fight, last man standing. Greek peak, Seriously, caught up, Mike, Scotty. <laughs> Mike, what, uh, I don't know how often you actually do, like, strength 
training, but if you, uh, every time you do, you should be doing pull-ups if you're not, and you should be doing pull-ups all the time anyway. So I should. Yeah. It's this year has also been tough with like looking for a house, looking for a house, finally moving. Like, that took you a have a house. Time. So put a pull-up bar in there. Exactly. So I gotta, gotta get on that. In that drop ceiling that Jason can't understand. <laughs> <laughs> he hates my drop ceiling. I'd love to talk to you guys for hours. I think we should uh, start to wrap this up. If we could go around and uh, say the name of your show, where they could find it, and uh, a couple episodes that were some of your favorite from the year uh, for people to check out. Yeah, um, I'll start. Uh, so Obstacle Discourse with Davis and Chase, find it on just about any podcast player that's out there. Spotify, I think, is my favorite and easiest one to access. Um, my favorite episode is uh, March 28th. I even know the date. If you go back to it, it's after the San Antonio race, actually, uh, where I just went off on a complete tangent about cheaters. It, if you like a little bit yeah. of controversy, go ahead and listen to that one. Um, I remember it. We have, we have a handful of, I think, great episodes out there. If you're a fan of Marvel, <laughs> listen to the earlier half of the year. If you're not a fan of Marvel, listen to the later half. Um, but you can find me on social media at Josh and HD, uh, Matt Davis, obviously, at Obstacle Racing Media. And uh, shameless plug, if you want to jump on the Discord with us, uh, it's a new audience. So check it out. The website is bit.ly forward slash OCR chat. We're all there. Awesome. All right, Scott. Uh, yeah, mine is I'm a Spartan OCR podcast. You can find us on iTunes. And another one that I like to listen to is, um, what is it, Overcast? Is it Overcast FM or Overcast? Yep, Overcast. That's the, that's the one I always use, like, if I'm on a desktop because yep. you can that's control the work. speeds. And you can actually go, uh, like, a touch over uh, one and a half speed. So it's actually really cool. That's the player and, that you uh, use. Yeah. Okay. On, on the computer, you know, I use iTunes otherwise, like if I'm in a car. And probably my favorite episode was probably talking to Chris Mendoza, man. That guy's just, he's real easy to talk to. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. All right. Jason, Anna? Dan, I want to hear yours first. My favorite episode is obviously the April Fool's episode. <laughs> so That's good. a given. So that April was Fool's so was much hot. fun. That was so much fun to record. <laughs> I laughed my ass off. <laughs> I loved how when you got to, I, I don't know if it was the first time you met Heather, but like you face to face with Heather and be like, yeah, yeah, I'm the one that did your voice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you I'm basically you. <laughs> I think that was at Worlds, huh? At the, you know, in yeah, our, at Airbnb. The Airbnb, Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> well, my favorites were obviously the April Fool's episode, uh, and 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 even about to say it, we're OCR talk. Yeah. Uh, recently, in addition to the OCR report network news media no, network. Now yeah. your logo uh, has color. You'll get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, we're we're not entirely sure what that's going to mean for next year, and uh, I'm actually hoping to chat about that a little bit offline for uh, some more of this episode, but. We did uh, one episode that was called Deep Discussions Across the OCR Universe. It was yes. back in uh, February. It was episode 25 back in, in February. And I, I drank a lot and we just talked for like yeah. two hours. And it ended up being really long, but it was the first episode where I started putting in uh, some music into our episode and it just made it like really fun. And, 
ever yeah, since we've snockered. Ever since we've tried to have like these, you know, we try to not try to, but we we have little life moments or a little fun, heartfelt moments, and then we'll throw some music in, and it just makes it more exciting. So I, uh, I I've learned to uh, dial back the amount of editing I do, so it doesn't take quite as long. Um, so there, you you hear more ums in in our uh, sentences, but I can add a little bit more like that, like the flare with the drum rolls and all that crap. So uh, that one, editing? uh, yeah, <laughs> that one and the, uh, uh, April Bulls one was obviously April 1st, uh, episode, episode 29, not n my favorite partly because obviously all the stuff we did on it, but getting to re-record that intro, I've been wanting to do that for a long time to hire. Cause I hired a guy on Fiverr to do it and, uh, have him just say all the, every single uh, acronym for all the OCR podcasts that I can think of. And then he did that really long uh, talk at the end of it, which was really awesome. I specifically, you don't like mud gear. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I specifically remember like new year's day, everyone was talking about your episode and I'm like, man, I put so much effort into the whole, like a uh, Hunter McIntyre prank thing. And then I listened to your episode. I'm like, yeah, you guys win. You guys like that could not be beat. That was incredible. Uh, uh, yeah, but you put some. I mean, that was some work you put into the cutting that episode. That was pretty awesome. That's fun, dude. I actually thought that was a real interview at first. <laughs> a lot of people I'm not shitting you. I felt <laughs> like an idiot because at the end of it, I was like, "Oh, that was an April Fool's episode." <laughs> you totally, you got me. You got yeah. Me. Had fun with it. Um, so obstacle running adventures here. You could find us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, favorite episodes? I'd have to say. Um, definitely North American Championships, World Service Matter episodes, but two of the ones that stand out that are different than what I what we usually do is uh, I had Mark Jones on to talk about how Tough Mudder owed him a lot of money. That was our biggest episode we've ever had. That's a good one. And I also had someone on the show, Jason Moselle, who goes by Jason Mosey, who did burpees for 12 hours, real burpees, uh, to raise awareness for uh, veteran suicide. And that was a really, really good episode. Um, so, yeah. I thought your world toughest motor episodes were the best. I thought it had like the best coverage over all the podcasts. I mean, it was yeah. great. I worked my ass off for that one. That was a lot of fun to do. And it's such a great event. I'm glad that we all got to experience that. Um, the, the pit interviews, those, those are really cool. I, I enjoyed that. I despise editing that because it's all like muffled garbage. And I'm like, I have to make this somewhat cohesive, but I don't want to edit it so much that like, it takes away from the fact that it is chaos. But I think for someone that's never gone to a world's toughest mutter, like that chaos, the, the people crying in the background and like, <laughs> that is what it's like to be there. And uh, it's just really fun to get that experience. Mike, I loved hearing the different aspects that you did of it because y'all had, you know, the pit stuff you had, uh, you had, you had the, your pits, like you in the pit and then you would hear like me in the background and then like Jacob Brosecker coming in, like all these different array of people. But then you also had the brunch and then you had Javier drunk in the, in Waffle House. <laughs> and we also had Caitlin and Mark and April talking about pit stuff. Like it really covered a wide variety of things that cover that whole event, which is really awesome. Yeah, yeah it was huge. I've rubbed Nuts it in. Uh, the plissus. <laughs> you look like a 
Ball sack. Ball sack. <laughs> that was beer. hilarious. Just wait till you see him after 40 or 50 miles next year. And by the way, if Duplessis doesn't get 50 miles after his ridiculous take that people that don't oh. get 50 miles shouldn't be finishers, oh, that, that boy, him around. That boy yeah. better hit that 50-mile mark or I'm going to rip the bib <laughs> off his neck. You put that oh, headband down. <laughs> that was a bold statement, wasn't it? Super bold. Super I bold. completely understand that people when people don't get 50. That. When he said that, I'm like, no one's going to side with him. <laughs> Any final thoughts on 2019? Thoughts for 2020? Uh, Mike, yeah. add, to, add to your goals for 2020 to get your ass on the Mud Run Guide Best of OCR Awards. And Dude, I You know, the worst thing about that is that I made it on in 2017 when I had a fraction of the listeners that I have now. And now that I'm doing better than I've ever been. I mean, I can always do better, but um, I just didn't make an effort. I just recorded like a last minute, hey, make sure you vote for us, whatever. You should be I used my vote for mine. Yeah, because maybe he actually could, it thinks you're another podcast because we all have the same names pretty much. So yeah. who knows? Yeah. yeah here are the um, uh, uh, Spartan Up Mike podcast. Yeah. Spartan Up Mike. Right? <laughs> I, I swear, if Spartan Up makes it on there again, I'm going to lose my fucking mind again. <laughs> We'll see. Well, this time Thursday, we'll 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 know who who lands where. So, we'll rage then. <laughs> Good luck to everybody. Awesome. All right. I'd I'd say just overall, I'm excited for where this is continuing. I mean, like I said, I, I've I'm scaling back, but I'm not less excited about everything that's happening. I mean, the sport is continuing to grow and get better. And as much as we complain about things that are going on and we don't like, they do change and and morph and become something else and you know we complain about something different or we like what's happening so it's just continuing to grow and get better and i'm i'm super pumped to continue on oh yeah yeah me too right the end (laughs) did we nail that finally (laughs) i think so that'll work nice all right cool Y'all. 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 Is that a mic test? No, our mic test should be that the sound that Jason makes. Yeet, yeet. Here he is howling. Put your mask on. I'm not putting my mask on. My girlfriend hates it when his kid does that. Yeah. I don't need a horn to roll down the window and go, yeet, yeet. Josh, what, what is, is your sound going to be for World's Toughest Mudder? So we know you're coming. What is my what going to be? Oh, you're going to have like a call. Your noise. Your call. Uh, oh, I, oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But oh. I've, got, I've got 320 days to think about it. Not that I'm counting. That's true. You'll see Josh coming from a mile away. That's also like true. Giraffe. <laughs> I'll just get one of those like LED stick figure outfits. That way you can see me. Yeah. There was someone with yeah. that. Awesome. Really? Yeah. Yeah, somebody at Mutterhorn had one for a while. Yeah. yeah, there was somebody walking around the venue before I left. I saw him. It was pretty funny looking. Scott, I'm so disappointed I didn't get to interview you before you left. I really uh, wanted to hear what you thought about uh, World's Toughest Mudder. Everybody kicked him off the pyramid for pouring vegetable oil on the ropes. <laughs> it was – I honestly, I tried my best not to pour it on the ropes. That was uh, – Kyle, Kyle come up there, and he yeah. told you what he did. Yeah, he I saw Kyle and Clinton up. go up there and pour it on the ropes. I was like, y'all yeah. are just mean. Yeah, I was I mean, trying I mean, to avoid that. Too. 
Caitlin, you could have went out there and walked to the, the obstacle and recorded him while he's out there. Oh, yeah. That would have been a great idea. Absolutely. Yeah, that's why I'm doing pit and media next year because I'm gonna just have fun and. <laughs> it's make... not easy when you have so many athletes. The times you forget that I I pitted back in Vegas. Like, so what are you I saying, was... Mike? You can do a better job than Caitlin. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Did you oh. get Javier third place? <laughs> Mike, Mike's gonna pit for me and Molly and Caitlin and. Duplicist. I don't think I knew Molly was doing it, but yeah, I'm 100. I'm gonna make sure you guys get to your goals, like. You're the new Mark the Plus is April and I'm I'm the new nice one, then you're like, nope, get your ass out of here, let's go. Mike's the new Pitbull. <laughs> yeah, Pitbull. I don't have any desire to run World's Toughest Mudder, but man, I want to come out dude. there and just hang out. Bro, you I'm do so much fun. ultras. I know, dude. And you're, you're good at the ultras. But that wetsuit running and worrying about getting frostbite, that, that's just not my... That's not that ain't my no frostbite. You put on enough stuff <laughs> and wear some damn neoprene socks and you will be fine. Yeah, tell that to Chris Mendoza. He's I don't know what his problem is. Why doesn't Thank he wear you, neoprene socks? Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Because he didn't have us as a pit crew, so he wasn't properly ready to go. Right. So he's too badass to deal yeah. with neoprene socks. Yeah, what a bozo. <laughs> so how much longer should we wait for Heather before we kind of get into it? Mm, I say we well, go with just, seven minutes in. Yeah, she can jump in. Can you? Ooh, look at Josh with a snazzy spark. So I'll have you guys know that Caitlin's not supposed to be it's talking Molly's. right now because doctor's orders. Okay, guys, I'm leaving. You're not supposed to talk? Oh. No, well, she's like, been screaming at Mike all week and she lost her <laughs> voice. Do why. the laundry. <laughs> no, it's empty the dishwasher. Empty the dishwasher. Yeah, we're not supposed to be talking. So bye, guys. Have fun. I am. Bless her heart. Well, Bless her heart. Oh, her trying heart. to mess anyway. Too many of us in here. I hope I have enough room on my computer to save whatever this giant file it will spit oh, out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I think I'm recording. Somebody's recording because I see an icon. I'm. I'm definitely corner. recording. Yeah. yeah I just. Have, I haven't tested it before. Like when because it right. says the record the file will. You know, appear when you finish. So, yeah, but it'll so do both video and audio. Once you exit it out after, it should have like an MP. It has, it has some like weird file that I always have to convert. But MP4 I'm just doing download. like a, a snag it. So I'm like doing a screen capture. Okay. Hopefully. Excellent. That snag it. That sounds cool. Let me get yeah. to my notes. Snag it. Snag it. That's the technical term. Mm -hmm, that's right. That's why we use at work. When I want to Mike, why are you upside down? Seriously. When I went to join, it says like, "Do you want to rotate this?" I'm like, "Sure." I'm going upside down, and now I can't un upside down myself. Upside down. It's kind of cool. It's like you get that fifty cent vibe going. Yeah. notes here. All right. So since we do have a big group of people, I feel like we need to like establish an order of like which. You said that you were going to be the manager. Yep. Yeah, that works for me. But like, when when we have like the ship. Sure to steer us in good direction, but we'll go like around in an order. We'll have like let's see, just gonna go in order of what we have here. We'll have Josh go first. Scott joined after that. We'll have Anna, and then Jason, um, and myself and Heather if she joins. Shit, am I gonna have to remember this? We'll just don't no. take notes. Is it you're after, you're, just you're after Josh. We'll go for that way. I got my pen. Scott, how long it? Never mind. I'll save questions. All right, so we'll get right into it. Okay.
and all of you guys. Nice, nice cold close there. Just, I, yeah. yeah, we're done. Uh, <laughs> that's, we're that's done. A, I didn't have anything written for like the very end. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. You gonna have a joke? Yeah. Funny joke, inspirational quote, you know. Mike, why don't you tell us a joke and we'll all not laugh. I actually did just hear, yeah. I did just read a new joke. So um, so uh, Frankie was just in the hospital. Um, he had an oxygen mask on and he goes, uh, are my testicles black? And the nurse picks up his penis, his testicles. She goes, no, they seem normal to me. This joke. <laughs> takes off his oxygen mask and goes, well, thanks for that. I appreciated that. But I asked if my test results are back. <laughs> I told that to Caitlin. Just, just nothing but a dirty look. <laughs> That's to be expected. But Yikes. awesome. Uh, thank you guys so much for taking the time to to, to call. Though it's awesome seeing you guys. Yeah, man. And uh, yeah, could be an yeah, awesome twenty twenty. Hopefully, this actually recorded, and uh, we didn't just spend an hour and a half talking. So when you when you close out of this, Josh, Fingers crossed. a progress bar should pop up. And since this has been like well over an hour, it's going to take a long time. Don't do anything on your computer until that's done. Okay. Um, my my computer can't handle it. So. <laughs> I, I would just like to add that I really appreciate the relationship and the friendships that us as podcasting in this community has just brought us closer together. And I think it's fun. I love running into y'all at the races when I do you see y'all and I just feel like we can all kind of, you know, fuck with each other because, you know, we, you know, are good friends and we all can mess with each other and everybody takes a joke well. And I just think that's, that's a cool relationship to have with friends. Yeah. I, mean, I always say like, we don't compete with each other, but like, I genuinely don't like, it's not like that. Oh, I'm just so much better than you guys. It's just like, I, we're all trying to do the same thing. Right. Yeah. Like, and oh, yeah. We all have I, mean, I just do it for and, fun. Yeah. If, yeah. If you're not enjoying it, you're doing it wrong. So yeah. And Matt's continuously got people, uh, somebody upset with him at some point or another, but the rest of us seem like it's just, yeah, everybody's all friends with each other and it's awesome. Yeah. And we'll leave that to Matt. Let Matt yes. get people angry with him. That's, that's because it's a career for Matt. For us, it's just a hobby. So. <laughs> that's the difference there. So. Awesome. All right. Well, have a great rest of your Tuesday night and uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah, guys. Have a good night. Thanks, guys. Yeah. yeah. Declan, you want to say hello? No. Bye.